The Turning Point Project. I'm Helen Rabello, founder of the Magical Life Movement and author of The Magical Unfolding, Eight Magical Processes for Peace, Potential and Purpose. And I believe that when you face transitions in life, you have to find a way to move forward through the messy bits, even when you feel scared. In this project, I talk to inspiring conscious souls about how they used to turning points to move from a life that didn't fully fit towards living a more intentional, fulfilling life despite the messy bits. May these stories inspire you to trust your turning points and to always believe there is magic to be found in life even when you feel stuck in the messy middle. And if you haven't yet ordered your copy of The Magical Unfolding, head on over to the website to gift yourself a copy so that you can get all of the bonuses on offer to help you shape your next decade differently. Today I would love to introduce you to a really inspirational guy with an absolute heart of gold called Philip Perret, who is an ex-GB, an international professional basketball player, who has been blessed to have learned and worked with some of the best fitness professionals around the world. He is one of the most grounded, open-hearted and dedicated people I think I've ever met. And in this conversation, he shares a couple of turning points as well as a really great overview of all the qualities he's identified that have made him turn his life around from arriving in London as a teenage boy from the Caribbean and feeling lost without any friends and heading down a path that wasn't so good to becoming somebody who has now taken everything he learned from his professional career and created a new career as a very successful fitness coach. I can't wait to hear what you take away from this conversation, but I am sure that by the time you finish, you'll have as big a smile on your face as I did whilst we were recording it. So enjoy. Thank you so, so much for coming to join me on the Turning Point Project podcast and for agreeing to share some of your incredible wisdom and an insight into your story with us. I can't wait to hear what we end up talking about today. Uh, thank you so much for having me. And I'm pretty excited to you know, be on your, on your podcast and your, and, your, and your platform. So yeah, excited. <laughs> me to go. too. Excellent. <laughs> so we have met before and um, I know you have lots of lots of incredible things to share. Um, what I often start out by asking people in these conversations is that when, when I created the idea for this project, it was all about how we navigate turning points in life because there's a big myth around, um, you know, people, people who have got to a certain point in life have got some special secret to get through, you know, life's rubbishy bits that other right. people don't know. And it's just trying to shine a light on the fact that actually that's not really true. Um, you know, we, we just, we all do our best to get through turning points with what we know. And then we tend to emerge to the other side, having gained a whole heap of knowledge. So um, I'd love to know whether yep. you have a specific turning point that came to mind when I invited you to join me. Well, of course, you know, as we talked before, you know, I have, I've had an adventurous life and you have, fun yeah. and uh, also up and down with some highs and some lows, of course. And, uh, and, and I wouldn't change it for the world, but uh, I I kind of have two, it's, it's weird because I had one until literally Saturday because one of my good friends called me and he was like, um, he goes, Oh, I'm at this basketball tournament. You never know. You never guess who's, um, who's organized it. And I was like, uh, who? He was like, Jack. So basically Jack was my first actual ever basketball coach. Right. And, uh, right. And he, 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 I, I give him a big thank you for, um, literally, after, um, open, literally opening him up to actual real competitive basketball. First it was, you know, my friend introduced me to basketball, but he introduced me to a high level competition, right. At a young age. 
And also he's the one that actually um, made me go away. I don't know if you remember from our last conversation, me going away to coach myself because yes. he's, he's a blunt straight to the point guy. So he saw me and he was like, oh boy, you're not good enough. You know, in his Polish yes. accent, he was like, oh yeah, you're not good enough. You're not going to make the team. Like literally that was the first words he told me. So I obviously went away, trained by myself and came back and got better. And then I, he was like, oh, wow, you got so much better. No, you're definitely going to make the team. You've grown taller. Yes, we want you on the team, right? And um, that's how he was. I always appreciate it because he was a straight shooter, right? So I saw him literally decided he was just gone. And we were talking and he was like, oh, I have to pull you aside. And I was like, how come? He was like, I just want to, I want to tell you a story. I was like, okay. And like, I haven't seen this guy for years, right? Yeah. So he was like, um, I literally was in Poland. Um, like a couple of months ago, and um, and it was weird. It, it had me talking in front of one of the biggest universities, and because he's pretty, he's very big in sport. He's, he's very successful in sport and in basketball, of course. And they, he, he spoke in front of all these students, all the student athletes, and he gave a, a, various examples. And he goes, one of his main examples was me, and I was like, what? I go, how come? <laughs> he was like, so he was like, I don't know if you remember this. Remember when we went to France? Because this is the first. Like, of course, I played here in England with some tournaments and we had the league. But this is the first major tournament with, with amazing talent that I've ever played in when I was young. So he said, you remember when we went to France? I was like, yeah, of course. He was like, all right, do you remember the Croatian team? And I was like, of course, I remember the Croatian team because we played Croatia. And um, I remember seeing him I was like, damn, these dudes are tall. Like, I, this is the first team I've ever seen that was like the top, they look like, you know, like a men's team because they were all tall. Like yeah. even the, the point guard from the smallest guy, he was like six five to the, the big guy was like seven five, sorry, seven foot. So all of them, they were all super tall. I was like, oh, this is a big team. But he was like, you don't remember, you don't really remember. I t I t I'll talk you through it. I was like, okay. He was like, so I called you because we just always talk before the game because I'll come up to him, coach, who, who we playing? I was like, all right, who's the best players and who's, you know, what's our strategy? And he was like, that's weird because to today, none of the players, only some would come and talk to me about that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I was only like the one that would come and be like, okay, what are we doing today? All the guys who just wanted to have fun, you know, it was all fun to them. I would be like, all right, so what are we going to do? I, who do you want me to guard? Do you want me to guard the best player or whatever, you know? And he always remembered that. And he was like, so he called me. He was like, look, this is the team. You, you was asking about the team playing first. This is the team. And I was like, all right, cool. And he was like, he remembers it because I was eating pizza. They're tall, but they look like stiffs. <laughs> that's, that's, that was my response. And he looked at me like, what? He goes, these guys are ranked like second in, in, in Europe. I was like, oh, really? And I just walked off. Right? <laughs> and I don't remember this. And he was like, just looking at him like, this kid, this kid's crazy. He was like, I can't believe, like, here's me petrified because he, I remember it because he, he, he literally coached by himself. So it was literally him and us, right? Him yeah. and the kids. And it was just, and we would go to all these tournaments. And, and at the point, he was starting up into basketball because he left from Poland to England and he wanted to transfer basketball, bring basketball into England and start at, with the youths. And this is literally his first year. And it was either make or break, right? Because if you were successful, then people would, like, would start respecting you. Like, okay, you know, here's sponsorships, here's this, coach our team, blah, blah, blah. So this was the first year. So he was like petrified, right? Then he was like, wait. If this kid that just started playing basketball one year, he is not scared at all, and he's like, okay, so that's a way to approach. Maybe let me approach instead of being petrified. Let me just approach as like, hey, it's either we win or we lose, right? Mm -hmm. Then he was like, he's sitting there and we warming up, and he was just like looking at the other team, looking at he, and he was mesmerized, mesmerized to the other team, right? Just looking at them, right? And I remember he start, we started the game, and we finished, and we won the game, and he was like telling the guys at the college, he was like, and this kid came in, he was like, he didn't have a care in the world, didn't, had a, didn't fear, uh, had a no fear attitude, finished with 27 points, he was the leading scorer, and they won the game. And he was like going against all these giants. And, and that, that was like the first turning point in, in us being successful, us winning. And we, we did really well in the tournament. And actually from that tournament is where I got um, a lot of looks from America because we played an American team, which was an American select team. And it was all the best players from high school. 
American high school mm-hmm. and they did like a world tour and they played in this tournament first. And actually from, I always remember because there was three top players in that, on that American team and they've made it to the NBA and they were very good players. One is a, one is a, is a legend. He's a French legend. His name's Tony Parker. I know a lot of people that know the basketball know him yeah. and he was on that team. And uh, he's a very famous uh, NBA player. And uh, he, uh, and he was in that, sorry, he wasn't on that team. He was in that tournament. He played for the French team. And, um, and the two other guys, play, uh, Dwayne Wagner and Al Harrington, they both played in the NBA. And these are the guys I faced in that tournament. But I always had, like, I don't know them. You know what I mean? They don't know me. So I was like, I don't care. I don't <laughs> care who they are. You know what I mean? And I just, that was my approach. And he was like, this kid here. He was like, that was a crazy, but a, a new insight of how to look at competition. He was like, from then on, he was just like, you know, I don't care who who I'm coaching against or who we facing, we have a chance to beat them. And that's how he, he, he took on coaching from there on. And I remember him speaking in front of his people and him telling me this on Saturday. So I was like, oh wow. And and I was like, and I was like, yeah, Jack, that's me. <laughs> that was my response because that's how I literally approached high school to college to my professional career because I was never the, the biggest guy, never the most athletic, or never the 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 biggest talent but i always had something else where i didn't care who was in front of me you know what i mean mm. i didn't care who i was facing but i knew i was going to outwork them and outthink them and outsmart them in the court so i was i was always going to be successful you know what i mean i wouldn't be able to be stopped so and it started at a young age and he just reminded me of that and i was like ah so that's where so i always had it i thought you know sometimes you think because you, you don't necessarily remember your your young age you as you you know as you get older you get wiser you know what i mean some things come easier, of course, other, other things might come harder. So I thought as I got older and got more experience, I learned this different approaches yeah. Yeah. To, to a sport. But but really, I already had it as a as a youth. I completed it in a sense, if that makes sense. I made it better. I just made it uh, I became an all-round toolbox. That's fascinating. But the so last I, time we met, you were telling me about this guy, and then you exactly literally it's just crazy, right? And I, I and I remember, and I was like, oh yeah, I have the podcast, and I want to share this with you, and because I'm it just happened this Saturday, and I and he was he pulled me aside because at the time I was with my girlfriend, and she was just sitting there, and I was I don't necessarily tell her, I just you know I always tell her stories about my you know my trips, and he the he, he and she was like, oh you can his face, you could tell how happy he was to see you, and and how he. He went back on all these memories, and I was like, "Yeah, it's crazy, right?" Because I haven't seen it for so long, but it's just—it's just a common ground, you know what I mean? And the common ground was sport, was basketball, and um, it's like he helped me loads, but I also helped him, which is weird because I never thought yeah, I helped absolutely. him. You know what I'm saying? Well, you created your own luck, but he was the catalyst, if you like, for you to turn to turn your life into a, a direction you wanted it to go in. But but you you gave him that back. And that's right. stayed with him for his whole career as well. Exactly. Um, exactly. And how old uh, were you at that point? I was literally 16. <laughs> I was 16. <laughs> A wise 16-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> right. I was the loosest cannon. I didn't care about anything. But that sport was watched. What, like you say, turning point. is. This is why I love this subject because I think there was two. Obviously, I was one or older, but the as a youth, as a youth mm-hmm. that was one of my turning points was basketball was literally my turning point because prior to that i had no direction you know what i'm saying yeah. i had no direction or focus so now when he told me that i realized see that was my focus you know what i mean because my focus was i want to be i want to be great at a sport and i'm going to no man no kid in front of me can stop me from getting there or living my dream so as long as I worked hard and I had a vision, that's cool. You know what I mean? I don't care. I don't care who we played, what what stadium or what little gym we played in or what country we played in. I was just always going to you know, put forward my best. And it's crazy because we went to Poland, we went to this tournament, and we played against the Polish national team, and th- we was on TV. We were on TV, on, on the Polish national uh, TV. And I remember... Um, all these cameras. This is the first time I was ever on TV. So all these cameras. I was like, what's happening here? They were like, coach was like, you, uh, you guys are live in TV. I was like, oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? But as soon as the game started, I didn't have a care in the world of what was showing. And, and I could tell the, 
the other guys were kind of like timid, like, oh, ooh, ooh, TV, oh, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I didn't care. But then when the when the game finished, I would come back to like, oh, oh, we were just on TV. Wow, that was amazing. But during the sport, I didn't have a care in the world. Definitely basketball was a turning point because it gave me purpose. I didn't know if I was going to be able to be good enough to be able to play in the top schools or play around the world. But I was like, you know, why not though? You know, I had that why not attitude. Like, I love that. Why not? You know? And, and for people who don't know much about the world of basketball and, and how it works, and this might be the first time they've come across you, can you just take them on a little journey kind of back to what led to you at 16 deciding basketball was your your thing and what you know where you started out you were in London that's a great question so I, you know I was born in the Caribbean so from the Caribbean we can I came here at 15 yeah and prior to that I had no sport I mean I played no sport I had no idea about sports the only sporty thing we did was swim and a horseback ride with my mom right that was it right so this was literally a foreign feeling completely. Not only was it a foreign country, it was a foreign feeling completely with sport. So when I came here, I, my mom was like, no, you should do sport because that's a way of meeting people because I had no friends, you know, <laughs> zero friends. So I was moving to a new country. So my, one of my good friends who was still very close introduced me to basketball. And from there, you know, I started playing with them. Then, then after that, introduced me to a guy that's, and he was like, oh, I know this guy um, in this area, actually. Um, his name is Jack. He's from Poland. He's, he coaches the, uh, a youth team. Why don't you go over there? And that's how I in, um, went into basketball. But prior to that, me playing, I was like, oh, yeah, basketball is cool, right? But this is my, my young years. So now I already had, like, um, rebellious attitude because i already left one country come to a new country i had no friends so it's very hard for a young person right mm-hmm. you leave your friends you go into a new place i had no friends i went to got put into a new school got bullied because you know i had an afro i was short as well at the time and uh, i had a weird accent so people were like where are you from so i was like you know i'm from tea they like, where is that you know so i just like oh you know i just i didn't like it i just didn't like being here right then all of a sudden, I meet this one guy who's one of my best friends to today. He was like, oh, come, just come play basketball with me. I'm going, I play on this basketball team. I was like, basketball, what's that? Right? Then not only seeing them play basketball, I was like, whoa. I was like, wow, this is fast. This is, whoa, this is a cool sport. It's so fast. Then, then, then we going back to his place. And at the time, he had like a satellite. To, this is when satellites were big. So he had a satellite dish, right? And he used to get... Uh, live basketball from diff- from from America, right? So then we watched the basketball game like live, and I was like, "Oh yeah, this sports, this sports looks amazing, right? <laughs> it looks amazing. I love to play." It. And that's how literally all came round into one circle, and I just got put into basketball. But but before I really was like, "Yeah, I, I love this sport," I was going in the wrong direction, mm-hmm. right? Because I was rebellious. I was like, "I don't like being here. I was getting in trouble." You know what I mean? Yeah. I was getting fights in school because I was like, I'm not going to get, I, that, I always had like, no one's going to bully me. You know, I had a strong personality. So I would just get fights. And literally, uh, and you can even ask my mom, and she says this all the time, like as soon as I got into basketball, all the, I, was, I was getting so much trouble. All that trouble literally stopped. Nothing. I never got into trouble. And my mom would be so peace of mind because she, would, she knew I was out in school, I was in basketball. That was it. You know what I mean? And yeah. that's all I did. Literally, that's what I did. I played, went to school, played basketball, and I had friends. So we should just hang out, and we all became friends. And I had all these di- friends from different backgrounds, and we all had one common goal, which was basketball. And that was up. We just hanged out together, and that was it. And that's what we did, you know. And I, what I love about this is that you somehow stumbled across um, a sport that I know you you pretty much trained yourself in before you went back and became part of the youth team. Um, but you couldn't have possibly known then that as, as, as an adult, you would grow to become somebody who is 
the perfect height for a basketball player having met you in person you know you you couldn't be better built for basketball but you couldn't have known that at the time it's it's astonishing how you managed to find the thing you were actually so perfect for exactly there's no way on earth i would have known that at all because i had literally all the wrong bills i was short i was so skinny i wasn't that fast and uh i didn't have the coordination (laughs) i was naturally athletic where i can just run but i couldn't i had no coordination and in literally in that year like you said when i went away and just coached myself and it was weird because how i coached myself was literally mimicking everything i saw so I remember the time I asked my mom, I was like, mom, you know, I'm like, starting like basketball. And she started witnessing the change where I was starting to get less and less in trouble. So she, I was like, can you get um, this channel that showed NBA? She was like, sure. You know what I mean? As long as you watch it, you stay out of trouble, cool. She got it and I literally would watch it. And I'll, everything I saw, all my favorite players, I'll literally mimic what they did. They would go to um, Oklahoma, mm-hmm. right? Or oh, sorry, Colorado, I'm sorry, Colorado, because it's very high up in altitude or like a Columbia in a Bogota, very high up in altitude. These places will help you because then it increases your lung capacity because you're literally under high demand. So now when you go back down into regular sea level, right? You go into a regular uh, arena with, with, the, with the, you know what I mean? Where you can breathe properly, it's so much easier. Your body can, can push through a lot harder. So that's what a lot of athletes do. And a lot of, a lot of the um, top guys in athletics, that's exactly what they do when they when they're in training so so my training instead of the altitude was changing the conditions you know and it's weird because i didn't know that at the time but now i'm like that was that was that was perfect because as i changed the conditions then i what i trained at night because i couldn't train a day because i wasn't allowed to go there so at night it would close then i would just go around the fence with small fence just over the fence and i go there at night so now I, I i train at night and on grass so my ability increased and doubled so much faster than if i probably would have did it on a on a regular court you know yeah or with other people yeah makes sense and what strikes yeah, so. me about your story is like you you have so much tenacity you know just i'm doing the thing and I'm just going to stick at it and find a way around it and keep going and, and you know, look where it's got you. <laughs> Which exactly, exactly. In a minute. But, um, yeah. That's exactly. I mean, quality. And, and this is why today I tell people, especially the, the, the youth, the, the younger people, like, if you find something that you really like, just stick at it. Mm. Like you're not always going to be successful. I mean, come on. What's the odds of you being very successful at straight away? No. You know what I mean? It takes hard work and dedication, and just trust in the process. Everything. This is what I say on my on social media. Trust the process. Yeah. I say that to all my clients. Just trust the process. Trust me. I'll put you. We're going to trust the process, and, and results will come. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I'm, I don't want. I don't want to work with people that want a shortcuts. You know, shortcuts is a form of cheating. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can't, you, you don't, you can't expect quick results. Yeah. Think, always think marathon until sprint. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And you, you, you think that you think marathon, you think the long, your life, your, your lifespan and, uh, and change your lifestyle. And, um, and, and that's was it. So, Cause I mean, plenty of times, you know, it didn't go my way, of course. Right. Uh, it was hard. Um. I went to a high school in, in New Jersey. It was like in the middle of nowhere. It was like we were in the middle of a rainforest. It, it was crazy. It was just in the middle of a forest. And that's where the school was. Didn't have a car. You know what I mean? Didn't really know anyone. Um, but so many times I wanted to go home because I was away from my family. This is the first time I've ever been away from my family. But I kept persistent. I said, pushing. I, I'm, I, I, see, I see a bigger picture. You know, I was like, what I wanted, really wanted to do was go to school and not have my mom. I, had to pay for my schooling and that's what i did yeah. you know because i that was my that was my that was my um my my goal like my my long goal you know what i mean was just go yeah. to school get an education don't let, don't let my mom have to pay for it so that was it so when i reached that was like then i could have been like oh 
you know, I've got a degree, cool. I've I've done basketball, that's cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I can I could have stopped to pursue someone else. But then when I'm like, I became really passionate. I was like, this sport comes so easy to me and it's it's something I love. Now I can translate that into being professional as a job. It, it was just a no-brainer for me because I was like, uh, you know what I mean? I, of course I didn't I didn't make it to the NBA, I didn't make multi-millions, but I got a rich life because I met so many incredible people. I've been all over the world. I've, I've had so many amazing adventures, you know, and it's like, I thank God because I could easily stop after school if I didn't have a bigger picture, yeah. you know, and if, if I would even, if, especially if I wasn't ready to, you know, to uh, trust the process and, you know, keep going in a sense, you know, to keep pursuing this career. Yeah. You know? And I love that because a big part of what I share as well is a, is very much about um, trusting the process, taking small small daily steps, and um, and also really tuning into what I call your big why. And that's that's exactly what you did, and it well, it did change your life because it took you, it gave you a scholarship, and then you ended up as you say, in the States and, and from that, lots and lots of adventures. But what I love about it is that you have, you know, again, having met you, I can say that you, you've stayed grounded um, and you, you've also got an incredible attitude of gratitude, which I know has become a buzz thing these days, but it, it is, <laughs> it is a yeah. thing makes a massive difference um yeah. you're a really open-hearted guy and i wonder whether part of that is because you've spent so many years doing something you love absolutely i i absolutely believe that and um i i think so and i i, I, I couldn't agree more because i think you know if i didn't do something that i didn't like and I just had to do it just to do it, just to make money, pay my bills. And you know what I mean? Mm. And just do it just to do it. I wouldn't be as happy inside. I wouldn't have lived the life of the adventures that took me to all these different places, you know, different countries. And, uh, you know, so, and, and, you know, like we talked about, I've been in so many crazy adventures. So that's the life of living, you know what I mean? So it gives you so many stories to tell. So yes. it makes me happy because... I know, I know a lot of people that I've come across that have had that were better than me, they were taller than me, that had more talent than me, but there was never a, they never had a longevity career that I did because they quit. They couldn't take being away from their family. They couldn't take being in all these different countries. They couldn't adjust well. You know what I mean? So yeah. I took pride in having a long career and I stopped. And the most important thing was I stopped when I wanted to stop. You know what I mean? I retired when I wanted to retire. So that's another big thing for me because I never wanted to retire, to be forced to retire. I never wanted to be forced out of a sport I love because of injury, because of a bad injury or because someone said you, you're too old or someone said you're not good enough or someone said our owner of a team saying we're not going to pay you anymore. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I stopped on my own accord and that even even is even better for me and that makes me even feel better. So I even makes me more gratitude towards the sport that has done so much for, for me. You know what I mean? So you said, um, you said there was a couple of turning points. What was the, what was the other one that you were thinking of sharing? Oh, what, the, the other, oh. Because I'd hate us to I'm get, I'm glad you reminded me. be listening to this going, what's the other one? What's the other one? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you reminded me. So the other one was, it's weird. The other one's like in my career. So, so my career, my career started, it started low. And I don't want to say low. It started, it started where I wasn't expecting. So basically I, I had a really successful college career. I, I come, I graduate and this, I had an agent that's feeding me all these crazy, you know what I mean? Crazy stuff. Oh, you can make this much money. I would make it like there, there was estimated crazy amount of money. I was like, what? I can make that. So coming from a college athlete was making zero money. Cause you're literally, it's weird. You're semi pro, but you're not getting paid as any, as a pro but you're putting in the pro hours, right? Yeah. So you have no money. So then then, uh, 
they're gonna give me all this money. You can go to the because I was gonna go to Germany and play professionally in the, in the top league in Germany. I was like, what? They're gonna give me a car house. I was like, oh, let's do it. I remember when we're not going out there and they offered me the contract. They said, yo, I was like, where do I sign? But they were like, oh, just just talk to your agent, make sure because we want to make sure we have maintained this good relationship with the agent. And um, yeah, anyway, he you know he made he just Harvey's like a typical. Agent, I wouldn't say all agents like that, but they just got was <laughs> money hungry. It was like, no, we can get more, and totally messed that mess that contract up, and end up having to come back to London. Then I signed for another team for literally less money than what I originally was meant to sign for. So I was I was really st- I, was, I was upset. I was like, oh man, you know what I mean? Like, come on, man, I just messed up all this money. But it was weird, like you said, like we talked about earlier. It's all contact, so. I reached out to my friend and he was like, yo, what are you doing? I was like, in London. He was like, you still, what happened to Germany? I was like, well, my stupid agent messed that up. He was like, dude, you should be on the team. He goes, I can hold on. I'll I call you back. He called another coach and the coach was like, yeah, I mean, we have most of our team, but we're, ha- we're happy to have him. You know what I mean? And calling back, he was like, yo, this coach wants you to come out there. I've told him all about you and he's checked, he's checked up on you. He goes, yeah, we're happy to have you. But of course, it's kind of late in the year and the season's literally about to start. So I just went out there, and of course I started from the bottom. I literally did not play, right? Because they had a team, yeah. And they had given all their money to all the guys already. So they literally gave me scraps. But I was just, I was like, look, I just want to be on a team, right? Because I already had my mind up. I was like, okay, I'm going to pursue this. I'm, I'm going to be a professional basketball player. And and I remember him talking. He was like, look, man, I really like you. Like I like your game. I love your attitude. I, I think you keep playing. I, of course, I can't. I can't bring you in and say, "Look, you're gonna start. You're gonna take this guy's position." We're already paying these guys, so I think if you stick with it, right? Something will happen. You know what I mean? Something happens. You're gonna, you know, get into your into into the like starting rotation or or at least one of the main guys off the bench and stuff. So it was a long process. I mean, half the year. It was just a hardly play. Some games I played, but you could see in practice I'll do really well. I was I'll be killing these guys that are making more money than me in starting positions. And I, any minutes I always remember any minutes I got, I was I was trying to. I, I mean, I was trying to go through people because I was like, I'm gonna make uh, myself be one of the best players on this team. And and, and at the time, we it was. This team was created a bunch of veteran players. So, you know, they were making good livings and they had great experience. But I was like, I'm gonna make, make my niche. So I said, okay, I'm gonna find my niche and, and I'll be I'm gonna be great at that niche. And um, as it got along, I found that niche and people started recognizing the friends started recognizing, the teammates started recognizing, and it just so happened I started playing more and more and more. And then all of a sudden I was like the first guy off the bench. And I would wow. my 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 job was to bring energy. So I would make a like a crazy play, and I would just point at the crowd and then get them in it, and the crowd would just love it, right? So there was, <laughs> after a while, it was like, yo, when is he gonna come on, right? When is he coming on? And then I clicked one of the starting uh, point guards, and we used to do like a play called alley where he would throw it up in the in the air. I'll go get it, and I'll slam it, you know, dunk it in, right? So this was like our big play. So when we we used to do that, the crowd would go crazy. And uh, as yeah, then I started getting happier and more comfortable because I started playing more. Um, I still wasn't getting paid well, but I, I was like, look, basketball, it's all about basketball because that's my passion. So the money part didn't matter to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So so it just all happened. Of course, I, I didn't want that, but it just happened. The guy that was starting in my position got injured. He got injured. Then the coach came up to me one day. He goes, I want you to start because this guy's injured. We don't know how long he's going to be. And literally, when I started, and the time too, we were okay, but our team wasn't doing well. I, I'm not saying it's just because of me, but it's because it's kind of like you know, like if you have like um a wall, right? And um, the, you put a couple of holes in it, and and it starts leaking with water, right? Yeah. You patch up all the holes, right? But there's one left, so. I looked at it like it was my job to patch up that last hole and we'll make it complete. It'll be a complete wall again with no leaks, right? That's how I looked at it. And literally, that's what I did. I came into the sniper and just patched it up and we just started winning. We started winning. Then, of course, me being how crazy I am with my crazy attitudes when it comes to competition, 
we I remember we we had like a really amazing run at the end. We made it to the playoffs. So it was the top eight, top six that make it to the playoffs. Um, was it top six? Yeah, top six. We made six because we before that we were like below. So we literally just made that last spot. So we we have like um a ceremony to celebrate the season and the players and blah blah blah. And everyone has the mic and talks, blah blah blah. So all these guys are older. I'm like the like there's like two young people, and I'm one of the young people on the team, like the, the youngest. So of course I always speak last. So everyone's talking blah 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 blah. Then they pass the mic to me. I'm like, but I I always knew my position. You know what I mean? I always was very quiet. I did my actions on the court. That's when I was crazy on the court. But when you come off the court, I was quiet, respectful, because I know all these guys are older than me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I did I didn't talk. You know what I mean? So they gave me the microphone. I was like, "What? You want me to talk?" They're like, "Yeah, say something." So the crowd was like, "Yeah, say something." So I was like, "Uh, I was like, well, thanks for coming to support us." And I was like, "We're gonna go win the championship." And everyone just grabs the mic from me, like, "What? What are you doing?" And I was like, "I was like, I don't know." I was like, "We're gonna win the championship," and everyone was like, "Oh my god, grab the microphone from him!" And the crowd was going crazy. And what do we do? We won the championship that year. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I was like, I told you. And I remember I was like, told you. And everyone was, I remember the last, we had like a meeting with the owners and, and they were all saying, wow, we all remember you saying, coming up in front of all these crowds as young kids saying, we're going to win the championship. And we end up winning it. And um, that was like a turning point because I was like, wow, it doesn't matter how good you are or what your talent is. You can, you, you, Everyone has a role. If you can find a role on the team and be very good at it or great at it, you can fit on literally any team anywhere in the world. And that was like a turning point for me because that's what I did on every team. Um, you know, the teams might have really good players or amazing scores or defenders or whatever it was. I would always have to analyze. It might took it, sometimes it was quicker than other times, but I'll find it. I'll find that little hole in the wall that need patching. So I'll, I'll say, oh, this is my role. So some teams is just me being a leader, like me being vocal. You know what I mean? Me being taking people say, look, calm down. I'll yell at this guy because I know he can handle it. This other guy, he can't handle it. So I'll be very soft with him. I'll be like, don't worry. I'll be very supportive. You know, I'll say, look, don't worry, guys. We can do this. You know what I mean? Other teams was just, I'll lead by example was I would have to go there and have great games. Then they'll follow me. You know, other teams, I would have to be defensive. I would, I would have to say, look, don't worry, I'll take the best player. You guys do your roles. That'll be my role. You know what I mean? So it all was different roles. And ever since then, I knew any team I could be on, I can adjust. I could fill that 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 that, that little hole. I could fill that up from it being league. And, and that was literally a turning point in everything. And it it, it, it transitions into my um into my coaching because that's what I before, I, before I work with anyone, I just, I just, I kind of scan them and see where their mindset is. And I find, I find that hole to patch up. And as far as what, what I can change or what I can help them adjust to make their lifestyle healthier and more productive. And, and that was it. I love that. That is such an awesome analogy. And, it, and I love that you've, taken that you know you've worked out that that's what you did and that you've taken it into your work now what you're doing now you know it's that ability to adapt and flow and um almost be chameleon like kind of bend yourself to to fit into wherever you see the gap it's it's sheer genius exactly. i'm in awe exactly. <laughs> <laughs> of course of course it's weird Helen because now I know it right because I know how to break things down obviously because I'm smarter and wiser right mm. it's not like I wasn't smart then but I wasn't wise then you see what I'm saying there's when you put that combination together you can it opens you up to so many things mm. of course I knew how to do it I knew my job and I was good at it but I didn't actually know was oh so that's what I was doing when I go back to it and I said, oh, that's that's why, because some teams I wasn't successful, right? Some teams we didn't win the championship or something, some, some, there was highs and lows. But I remember the lows was because 
I didn't do a good job in filling out, you know what I mean? Yeah. Plugging that gap or plugging that hole. I, I didn't do a good job of that. The times I did a good job of plugging those holes and say, okay, look, let me do this. This is the best role for me. And this is how I'm going to help the team win. We were successful. Right. And I won I, over my, I thank God over my career, I won like four to five championships in different countries. And, and not a lot of people can say that because I've been able to just fit into a role. And people, some people going from the outside will be like, oh yeah, he's crazy, or he's got an attitude, or he's uh, you know, he's uh he's a loose cannon. But then they meet me outside of the court, they go, Oh no, he's cool. But because that's what I do, I'm passionate of what I do on the court. And I don't care who's in front of me, all means I'm gonna get that job done. You know what I mean? And I remember we talked about me getting in the zone, and that was another way of me getting deep into meditation or me getting into deep zone or me saying, oh, I have to get this job done. And it's just me being excellent at that particular role mm. or me plugging up that hole so there's no more leaks. You know what I mean? So it all it all made sense now as I, as I look back and go through all the stages. Yeah. But that, that I think that was definitely a huge point, turning point, because when I knew I had, I knew I had the ability and I, I knew I was going to work hard and I didn't have the fear, I was like, okay, look, let me just find my role and be great at that role. And that was it. And it, everything became very easy. Well, not easy, but easier. Yeah. You know? yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I, I, what I really like as well is, um, you know, the fact that one of the reasons I wanted to do this whole project with this podcast is to also illustrate how even when everything feels you know for some people turning points feel really messy and confusing and hard work or they don't always make sense at the time or the you know the whole journey seems a bit bizarre but without fail every single time somebody looks back on where they've been the pathway that got them to where they are pretty much across the board everybody sees the connections and the patterns and the exactly the, the thread that kind of flows through it all it always makes sense so i love exactly you said that so tell us um obviously i know what you're doing now um but again for for people for people new to you where has this journey taken you now so so i'm now I'm 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 a you know I'm a I'm a fitness coach um and I emphasize coach because I coach people in, in mindset. This is very important to me. So I, I try to relate my athletic mindset or my my um sports mindset or what I how I used to approach and try to coach people in having that approach in their lifestyle and their fitness journey. And that approach and that mindset can literally can relate to your work or your hobbies or your or your fitness. You know what I mean? It's just having that right approach and just training like an athlete and 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 being dedicated like an athlete and realize you know when you're dedicated, results will come. Yeah. You know? So I, I'm a fitness coach and um I um also a sports consultant. So I um I work with some athletes and I help I mentor them or I help them with their strength and conditioning. Uh, nutritional plans and rehab because you know I had various injuries and uh, uh, um, you know some sports science background and um, I'm good and I help good get helping people get back to a hundred percent or whatever sport they 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 might play you know what I mean try and get them back to where they were um, with various functioning and sports training yeah. So that's 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 what I do now, and you know it's it's great because especially with sports and fitness, even even more particularly fitness, there's so many avenues you can go in, which I love. You know what I mean? Like now, yeah. all of a sudden, I'm doing podcasts, you know, with you, and I was invited to a podcast. It's just through literally through fitness. It wasn't really through my sport. I mean, now of course, maybe if I was a, a bass player now, I probably had more avenues, right? Because it's so easy to, to reach out to people. Then people can maybe see my personality more, right? Because back then, 
no one could. It was harder. We, yeah. we had the YouTube. That was probably it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So technology makes it a lot easier now for you to get yourself out there. Yeah. Um. So which is great, which I love. And um. Yeah. I mean, just fitness world is something that I, I, I always when I think about it is what what maintained me to have a consistent career because not only that work hard on the basketball court, I worked hard off the court because I trained hard. I took care of my body and I made sure I trained. I always made sure I was in the gym. I always made sure I did extra stuff, extra work and had good food. You know what I mean? Uh, because that's what helped me be long, had a consistent longevity of a career. Because yeah. if I didn't do that, it would have ended way sooner because I would have had a serious injury or something like that and my body would have broken down. You know what I mean? So it was just it was just a natural transition for me because I wanted to, of course, I had other crazy ideas prior, but I, I wanted to be something, I wanted to do business, but I didn't want to work necessarily for a firm or sit behind a desk and get overweight. I just didn't want to do that. I wanted to do something that will still, will still um, take my passion and have to draw into that passion and, and, and dedication and something that most importantly made me happy. You know what I mean? To do. And um, it was just, it was just, it was just a natural transition for me to go into fitness uh, coaching. And does, coaching. And does it make you happy? Does it fulfill you? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I, I mean, my business is growing. I mean, um, it's, it's like, a, it's literally like an endless, um, endless, you know, path because there's so many different directions I can go in. I'm thinking about all these different directions and, and combining all these different things. So it's amazing. So uh, it, it makes me happy. And every time, like, like when I get up in the mornings, like, I'm, you, know, you know me by talking to me, I'm super appreciated. So when I get up, I'm just like, ah, because I always, I always never like mornings. Like, you know, because we used to get up early and have to go practice. You imagine running sprints early in the morning. So I, I always hated that. But in the afternoon, I was happy. In the evening, I was fine with it. In the mornings, I hated it. So it took me a while for me to get used to mornings, right? So now when I wake up in the morning, I'm like, oh, man, I hate morning. I get my green tea. And I'm like, dude, I'm a fitness coach. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, what can I complain about? I'm getting paid right, to be a fitness coach. You know what I mean? So I'm like, come on now. So I literally, my attitude changes completely. You know what I mean? Every time I have that little doubt, oh, I don't like, oh, I'm having a bad day. Or you know what I mean? Oh, man, I'm tired. I just think about it. I'm like, come on, man. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I love look that. what I've done in my life and look what I'm doing now. Come on. You know what I mean? I, I can't have a complaint at all. You know what I mean? So I, I'm super happy and uh, I'm thankful. Of course, you know, my business could be a lot, bringing more, a lot more money. I could be a lot more successful. Of course, we all want that. But I'd rather be happy and be being able to do whatever I want. And, and I can literally say that, that I can do whatever I want. I can go wherever I want in the world. I can do literally whatever I want. And that's, and that's, you know, what makes me happy. Perfect. I love that. <laughs> so um, for anybody that's listening to this, who has a, a dream, who mm. might be stuck in the middle of a turning point right now, um, just before we wrap up, is there, is there anything that you could say? What's the first thing that comes to mind that you would say to them to help them? believe in a future or get unstuck um is is trust the process right perfect all the all the hard work and the dedication you put in will 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 show results will give you results will help you towards that success uh remember nothing that becomes with success or winning happens uh, in a short period or comes just like that you know what i mean everything is a process so you trust the process and with everything there's going to be highs and there's going to be lows and the lows might be more than the highs but you stay dedicated you trust that process and you're going to come you're going to come up on the other end better than what it was you know during those lows so just trust the process that's my main advice for everybody whether it's sport business or your hobbies is just trust the process thank you <laughs> no problem <laughs> thank you, Philip. um so for anybody who would love to find out more about you where would you where would you say is the best place for them to start i know you've got an awesome instagram account would you send them oh, there? thanks 
Yeah, I would I would send them there because obviously I'm not I have like Twitter and Facebook, but I literally hardly use it because it's just it's just so consuming. You know, there's so much yeah. things. So right. I figured I focus on one and I do the best at that, like I did with my career, and that's Instagram. So Instagram, I really focus on, and I think that's where it's better for people can actually see. Even though I don't have I have videos, but I try to get pictures and videos, but also I have stories. So you can kind of see my lifestyle and see what I go through, what I do and my travel and how I just, I just try and live my best life really. So um, I, I would say Instagram is the best place you can get me. Of course I have a website as well. My Instagram is um, at Philip, which is, so it's at Philip Perry. So it's, it's at P-H-I-L-I-P and it's Perry, P-E-R-R-E. And it's at Philip Perry and that's um, my Instagram. Perfect. And, and like I said, I, I love your Instagram. I think, um, I think everyone could benefit from coming to find you. Not that this is all about gathering followers, but you genuinely do. Um, you put out such uplifting, positive, uh, just, just really great messages. I don't see it all the time, but when I see it, it always makes me smile. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, that, that was my main goal was to be pure positive. Yeah. You know, some people, you, I mean, of course, we don't always have great days. We have some bad days. But I'd rather be the guy doing, being positive, even during the bad days. So when you're having a bad day, there's some positivity because it's all about, especially during the bad days, you're going to have to think positive for you to get out of that bad day. If not, gonna be, it will continue to be bad days and bad days. So being positive and thinking positive is always the better way to go. Yeah, you know what I mean? Definitely. Negativity. Definitely. I 100% agree. Oh, Philip, thank you so, so much for your time. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Turning Point Project. If you found this episode useful, I'd be so grateful if you could rate and review the podcast as it really makes a difference and will only take a moment. If you'd like to continue the conversation or ask me any questions, come and connect with me over on Instagram at Helen Rebello Author or join the free magical life movement at HelenRebello.com. Have a gorgeous, gorgeous day and I'll catch you in the next episode.